All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of The Crowded Booth. It's the usual trifecta, Bryce, Ralph, and Will, but we're joined by two of Twitter's finest replacement-level podcasters, they call themselves, two of the three of Not Culmination, Ken Hendricks and Josh Brown. Guys, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, Huge honor. fan. Huge oh, fan. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We yeah. replicate those same feelings. Uh, Ken, I know that, and I want to go ahead and give a shout-out, because I know, I think when I was starting this podcast about two years ago, I messaged Josh about platforms and everything and you said hey you love the Vince Dooley interview so yeah uh, that, that was one of the fir first ones we did and so that was a ton of fun but uh, guys that was a good one listen being in Vince Dooley's house first off that was like the holy grail of Georgia Bulldogs fans which we know Josh you did it at his house yeah okay yes at his house so you walk in there's like pictures uh, of him with that. like Ronald Reagan uh pictures with him oh like Jimmy gosh. Carter I mean some of the finest to, to grace the earth so uh Mark's yeah, throwing yeah. names out there already yeah we're just name dropping uh don't worry about it it's amazing <laughs> but Herschel no Walker follows me on Twitter I was fixing to say Josh is about to tell you Herschel Walker <laughs> follows him on Twitter yeah that was coming I'm, I'm not sure if you guys knew that yeah, yeah but just letting you know I've been Josh on this I've been on this show for a matter of 30 seconds and I'm already so intimidated by Bryce sounding basically oh, like a younger version of ben ingram and he kind of does <laughs> he does he's got like the golden pipes i'm so insecure right now and then he drops vince dooley in my lap like hey he I've went been to vince his house dooley's house and i'm like hey he I've went to, to his house i've been to josh brown's house like his <laughs> rented place in the middle of nowhere in the mountains like the, where they play deliverance music when you walk oh, in no. vince dooley's house that's I'm, I'm feeling insecure it was it listen it was awesome my dad was a georgia fan and so going in there it was like I mean, it was like walking into heaven. For me, you know, I didn't grow up in the Vince Dooley era, obviously. So, I mean, for it was really cool. Is he a Democrat? Him. Do you think he's like an old school Democrat or a Republican? I want to I say Republican. I want to say Republican. Mm. He, now, he might be old school Democrat, but I want to say Republican. Um, yeah. I don't know if the picture Like the Zell Miller presidents. kind, maybe. Well, Zell Miller yeah. is no longer a Democrat. Like, like okay, so when, my, when I was a teenager, my dad ran for superintendent, and everyone in our county – ran as a democrat mm -hmm. and eight years yeah. later everyone in our county ran as a republican it's the weirdest thing like now you i, I went to vote this last week and there was literally no one on our local election ballot that that was a democrat zero none at all it was Jeez. all republicans huh. now. when i was a kid it was the exact opposite it was 100 percent opposite well, that's how it is in Columbus. Just oh, about yeah. So, so we're all based here in Columbus, Georgia, about an hour and a half south of Atlanta, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's the, it's it's the same exact concept. Um, yeah. Y'all ever oh, been here. to Phoenix City? Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, right across the river. Oh, yeah. I, I went. Uh, I think second grade lived in Phoenix City. Went to Smith Station Elementary School. Oh, that's Lord. that place that's I stopped awesome. for gas on the way to Panama City when I was <laughs> there. On there my you go. <laughs> there you go. That's what I, I know I about Phoenix City. Second yeah. grade. That's usually what it's used for, honestly. <laughs> Smith Station. Wow. Wow. Hey, the last good thing that happened, mm -hmm. the last good thing that happened in Phoenix City was the John Anderson concert at the Phoenix City Amphitheater. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. nice. Ooh, yes. Low key, great voice. Fantastic songwriter. Underrated yeah. songwriter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Also, very short. He's like this tall. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Mm -hmm. Also, he used to sing the national anthem for all of our state FFA conventions and was like the nicest guy ever. He was super cool. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Listen. Random. Anyways, so we we've we've been what two and a half minutes into the show, three minutes. We've gotten political. Uh, we've talked about great music and the mm -hmm. Smith Station. Man, I, I I never knew that. You see, you learn something every. You learn something. Yeah, and when I was a kid, my dad uh, worked for like Big B Drugstores, and he was he would like get transferred all the time. Okay. When I was a little kid, he 
he'd get transferred and we would move. We'd move all the time when I was a little kid. Yeah. Mm. But Smith Station, Phoenix City was one of the stops. I think it was – it might have been first and second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little known fact: the "I've Been Everywhere" song was actually written about Josh. That was that song. He's that old, right. and that song is also yeah. accurate. I'm 58. 58. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Well, listen, guys. I want to talk a little bit because some of our listeners and some of our viewers probably do not know what or who Knock Combination is. So, how did they get started? Uh, briefly, because I've been listening for, I would say. I mean, off and on three, four years, or I'd say, I would say two, three years, two, three years. How did it start? I mean, how did you guys meet kind of all of that? Well, Josh, you tell the story better than I do. So how about you crank it up <laughs> and then I will fill in that the factual details. Well, after you lie for 30 minutes. So. I was sitting at a Waffle House one night at the East Rome Waffle House to be exact. And there's a cook at the East Rome Waffle House named Ricky. Ricky wears a Miami Dolphins starter jacket mm-hmm. and, uh, and if you get there late at night, you can ask Ricky for meatloaf. Now, there's not meatloaf on the menu at Waffle House. Not sure if you knew that. So he would, uh, it's like the secret thing at the Eastern Waffle House, and it would take like an hour. Uh, anyways, I'm sitting there waiting for my meatloaf, and my Twitter's blowing up because this dork from Livonia, Georgia, wants to argue with me about Nick Marcakis. Uh, and he was... I was just spitting out some stats and he was like, he's not that good. And he's like, he was talking about how uh, like Jason Hayward is a better base runner. And I was like, you got to get on base to run the bases. You idiot. And um, anyways, I think I unfollowed him. We, I followed him before that. And then I unfollowed him because he's such a loser. And then I don't know, several months later, I got a DM from him and said he would like to start a Braves podcast. And he uh, has this idea and it was going to be maybe called like Braves life or something. And it sounded slightly homosexual and I was just not that interested and I didn't see any opportunity to make any kind of money. And I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. I'll get back with you. And then he sent me um, a mock podcast that he like produced. It was like an hour long and I listened to it and it was, it was really good. <laughs> and Nikki heard it and she's like, uh, this is amazing. You should totally do that. I'm like, I don't want to do another thing that I don't get paid for, you know? And she's like, you need an outlet. You need like some kind of outlet. This is really cool. And so anyways, we started it, I guess in 2017, spring of 2017. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and we started as Nakomination and the first, <laughs> I haven't listened to them since I guess the beginning, but if you listen to our first maybe half a year, we, it started off with, it was very brave centric. Mm-hmm. It was because I had kind of tried to be a baseball writer. Uh, didn't really work out. And I was really into prospects and thought I just knew everything about prospects and metrics and all that stuff. And so it was kind of about that. It was kind of a rehash of what the Braves are doing trades, what we thought, well, you know, it was very, it was Braves, Braves, Braves. And we created some relationships with some other baseball podcasts and some prospect writers. Uh, and then, um, and then we just kind of morphed into kind of all things. It, it kind of became a podcast about me and Ken who were Braves fans kind of. And then we brought on JT uh, maybe a year and a half into it, maybe, or two years into it. And, um, 
And the way I explain Nakamination is it, it's, it's a Braves podcast, but it's not really a Braves podcast. It's a podcast about three guys who happen to be Braves fans. Mm-hmm. And we're from the South. We grew up on the Braves. Uh, Alan Jackson, uh, you know, Sweet Tea, uh, and that's kind of like our voice. And yeah. um, we, f- we found early on, because like early on, I don't listen to any of them anymore, but early on I would like hate hyphen listen to other podcasts to kind of like get fuel and like find out what they're thinking and like we have one you're talking junk you know what i mean and so uh i was like i kept my enemies close i would listen to everything they did and i realized like there's not a podcast that puts on like a show that puts on a story that tells stories you listen to these other baseball pot not just braves but baseball podcasts Mm -hmm. and you don't know anything about the host you don't have any clue where they live or what they do or what they like you just know that they think endurance yarte sucks uh so it was kind of fun to kind of bring our personalities into it um so that's kind of what we did and um we have gotten nowhere uh with it and um i don't know what we're doing now so go ahead ken yeah, I mean, most of that's true. I think you didn't lie too much there. Uh, but the so we started out, and I kind of had this idyllic vision of we were going to be this real inspirational kind of Braves podcast. We were going to do stuff like, um, like stuff to inspire fans and like, you know, hype videos. And um, we were going to talk some analytics and we were going to try to explain some things along the way and be, be, you know, sensible and and reasonable people and and that kind of thing and what we discovered was that josh brown is actually the original braves blogger and as we dug into that josh figured out that he hated himself um because as we started doing this he found out basically like the brave any braves blogger out there thinks they know more than beat writers or people that actually are in, interview actual human beings and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you start a podcast and you figure out real quick that you really don't know jack crap. And you know uh, anything. Yeah, yeah, you don't know anything. Yeah. And and it kind of pops your own bubble. And so what's funny is the last four years, I would say, has been a lot of a journey of Josh Brown discovering himself. <laughs> And that sounds kind of silly, but that in, in a serious way, that's kind of what the show has, has followed. Like we started out with this thing. We were trying to be kind of like super informative and this kind of thing. And then we became like full on trolls because we, Josh didn't really know who he was. And uh, it, that's like, not true. That's you not mock true. who you were to discover who you are. And um, so he, he pretty much killed all those people. And so then, like, we started down this journey, and, and Josh went through this phase of wanting to be hyper-political, which we still are from time to time, but he's backed off of that some. Um, and then now, Josh is, like, messaging me, like, trying to kind of take it back a little bit, the inspirational route again. So it's kind of funny to see how we've come full circle. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's t- to be honest, it's really not about Josh's journey as much as it is just the journey of me and Josh getting to be buddies and learn yeah. about each other and discover each other but there is an element of us discovering ourselves in it for sure but and, and jt and jt for yeah. sure yeah jt's only been with us now for a little over a year mm-hmm. but um jt is like if the only way i can describe what jt did to our podcast was it was like bringing in someone and me and josh smoking a joint before epi- every episode that jt's on yeah i mean we don't i don't actually smoke a joint but i'm just saying like jt's that guy that like mellows out and has that stupid joke when me and josh kill each other 
And like, because before we would get like super tense and there were times like we would literally, literally stop podcasting. And I'd be like, I'm not talking to him again for a week. Like, oh, I remember those I'm days. Not, yeah. Wow. yeah. And that like yeah. never happens anymore ever. Oh, yeah. Um, and JT's a big part of that. Like JT, he, he just kind of, for one, we don't take ourselves quite so seriously, but two, like JT is a huge, huge part of that. You talked about not taking yourself quite too seriously. And I think that feeds into the whole question of the war on Twitter, the Twitter beef <laughs> with so many, so many. And, and it's funny because Josh has grown so much that sometimes he doesn't even answer my DMs. He'll come back and say, oh, sorry, brother, didn't didn't see this one. I, it's, oh, I don't don't feel people, bad. He doesn't say anything to me. That is nothing to do he's with, a complete, with like <laughs> – Josh is a complete diva. And oh, like, that's he's not like, true. Like the moment also, hey, he gets into hey, it. Hey, yeah. Bryce, also I, de- okay. I deactivated – I didn't deactivate – I deleted the Twitter from my phone, just so you know. That's some that's of it. That's fine. Because yeah. I, wa- I watched that documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma. Yes. And it freaked me out. And six and weeks like, from now, he'll have it back on his phone. But for now, it's like, you know, he, that's will. the phase he's in. I probably will. And yeah. Well, so, but I, I'll message him. I was like, oh, my gosh, one of our guys is at it again. And Josh made one response video. Oh, that was great. Quickly, I remember this. So I left this group chat because I was like, this toxic. You made a response video to one of our guys, and I'll call him by name because he'll probably listen to this. Trey, Trey Alexander's his name. He comes oh, at you, and you, you just let him have it. And they, they when I said, when I swing, uh, swing oh, in a hammock too, or something. I think so. I think it might have been Will, Will, because they were. This is I don't the, think you were in a hammock. What was I? What was you it were about? In a rocking chair. I can't. Oh. You may have been in a rocking chair. What was it about? I it, had, it had to be about. Uh, Dick Markagas or Ender Because okay, so let, let me let me tell you how the video went because I've seen them all and, and yeah, this ahead, is what happened. Josh is doing something that every human being in the world has done, but you would never think to actually put it in a video. And so he's sitting there and he's doing that, and then he proceeds to somehow say the simplest thing possible that makes you feel like you are you are like lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. And wow. he said it in a way that you can't help but laugh at at the same time, even though you hate this man's guts that is putting the video out. In front no of more, you. though, because I deleted the app from my phone. So no more. So, no more. That's not I am reformed. He's for a month, maybe. Reformed Twitter. Uh, reformed Twitter. I we, think, do, we do need some more response videos, though. They oh, were going please. crazy today. <clears throat> it, and see, that's what's About bad. what? So, Just Darren stuff? O'Day, probably. Darren O'Day being. What happened? They didn't pick up his up- option? They didn't yeah. pick up his option. And they here's an example. See, see, I don't know. I don't hear. So I'll give you a behind the scenes look in my mind. Okay? okay. So this is how it happens. So I see their reaction, like what you just said. So I don't have any feelings about that. I don't even care about Darren O'Day. I don't even know if he's nor good or not. Nor should anyone but, else. No, nor should anyone But I would make a video. Else. I would take a position and I would just make a video <laughs> mocking whatever they're saying. And it works every time. So yeah. what what do you think makes Nakahoma Nation so divisive? And I think I know the answer, but and 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 Will loves it. Will loves it. I mean, Will, I can't tell you how many times I, I see Will. We're going to get something to eat, and Will's like doing the whole. And I think Ken coined it. The well, actually, uh, yeah, oh yeah, so it's yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. thing. So, so what, then, what thing. makes hey, it so? Hey, nice? y'all think y'all think I? Hey, y'all think I'm the troll, and I got all this like I'm the jerk. This one here, Ken Hendricks comes up with a i mean he you you wouldn't even 
believe me if i told y'all like the ideas that he give he gives me also braves options guy our buddy uh mm-hmm. boggy lives up oh, in oh he's 10 times worse than either of us <laughs> he'll, he'll just send me like ideas and i'll do them i'm yeah. like their little puppet yeah. yeah okay but what makes it so divisive? Yeah, what like what makes okay let's just throw it up like talking chop these guys yeah. And, yeah. and and what and i don't even know the guy's <laughs> oh, name the gosh. leprechaun guy yeah i mean like he Air blocks Cole. everyone yeah. yeah it's like what makes yeah. them hate it so much and, and from your like your I, point josh do you can, you want me to tell you or you got it I, i'll okay i'll start and then you okay. just kind of i'll start and then you explain the <laughs> like sure. the, the deeper spirituality parts of it you know? <laughs> so like i made fun of their baseball takes that's okay. all like yeah. that's literally all it was so so they it started off with um it was 20 it was 2017 and that maybe it was 2018 i can't remember that spring that's when i would listen i would listen to talking shop every every week and they would talk about nick marcakis as if he was tyler pastor nicky right as if he were oh, like sheesh i mean really as if he were like kyle wren or like just you oh, know man. some yeah. replacement level guy and and at the time, like I, I liked Marcakis, but I realized, oh my gosh, these people have overcorrected so much with advanced metrics, with WRC plus, with WOBA, of which I was all privy to. Like I, I, me and Ken are stats nerds, and so we knew all these things and ISO and and all these things, um, and DRS and and UZR, but I realized, oh my gosh, these guys, these people have have overcorrected so much that they actually think Nick Marquez sucks. Like, and the reality is he's not Mookie Betts. He's not, you know, Barry Bonds, but he's also not like a replacement level player. He's like, he gets on base. He gets hits. He's at least all the postseason this year. Right. But before that, right, 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 right. right. So I was like, Oh my, this is whole. And I think, I forget it was 2017 or 2018 that first like April and May his WRC plus was like 160 something like he had no business like hitting like Barry Bonds he comes out like was just it was stupid and the the humor was the the funny thing was he didn't have any business playing that that way like it's Nick Marcakis and so I made this video of their audio Mm -hmm. uh it was them. Ta- it was their actual podcast from the week before, and they were talking about how he was terrible, how how they should bench him, how <laughs> how the Braves should like just DFA him. Just I mean, just overcorrected, right? And I overlaid the video with like cakes hitting all these like you know doubles and walk off. No, you, know, you just no, you just put his stat line up because he had turned it around, oh, was it, right? Was right, it just like a, he, it was just stat line. Yeah, because earlier you it had, was their voice, and it was it was and like, you showed it was his like stat line. Right. That's yes, all it was. exactly. Right. Y'all, you would have thought I came after their family. You would have thought, you know, I no, no joke. Yeah. This you, is behind I mean, the you, scenes you stuff here. You but. would have you would have thought I, you know, attacked their homes. I got a I got three this, hour DM message behind the yeah. scenes of someone trying to explain to me how it was so terrible. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I got an email. Apologize for literally quoting your stats. Like that your statement. Like, we're not gonna apologize for that. Like, we didn't do anything wrong, you know. I got an email and um from from Eric Cole. He sent me an email Mm -hmm. and uh 
And I wasn't, I actually wasn't like a jerk. I was like, I was like, dude, uh, I just made fun of your like baseball take. Like, like it's just Twitter, you know, um, meant no ill will. And, and at the time too, we were, we were like share their articles and podcasts oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Eric had written some cool stuff. Uh, so, so I was like, we share you guys, man. It's all good. I'm just, I'm totally making fun of your, like your opinion about a baseball player. I'm owning that, but it ain't malicious. It's all in good fun. Yeah. Well, he blocks me. He blocks me. And then, um, maybe, maybe like six months later, he unblocks me. He unblocks me. And then I did something else and he blocked me again. But, uh, yeah, that whole, um, I think you made fun of Brad whole- the next time. Yeah. And that was what led to the blocking the next time. Oh, yeah. It was about, like, Brad Rowland. Um, they were talking about Ingram maybe it was and Scott. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. But they uh, – basically, they take themselves very seriously. And, and it's not just mm-hmm. those two guys, but this whole group of people. It's like this little political bubble with, with, uh, with Braves Twitter. Um, well, It's these the- people who, who think they know everything about baseball, and they don't know – shit and 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 i'm not saying i know i like we own we don't know shit Mm -hmm. and and that's why um we've built relationships with people like you know schultz and dob and all those guys like they love us great they 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 dm us sometimes and and kevin McAlpin will will text me like be like oh my god please don't stop trolling about mark agus and stuff i'm like don't tell me this because i'll continue doing it louder and and they, but they like us because like we are, we come into this space and we own the fact that we're not GMs. Like if I was a baseball GM, I would have like given Luke Dykstra like a 10 year deal. <laughs> you know? Like I don't know. I Tyrell can't Tinkins at, would have been starting for the Braves this year. Yeah, if it was, I cannot me. look, I can't look at a 19 year old Christian Pache and see stuff that like player development guys can. I mean, I can yeah. tell he's good or, or bad, you know, like I can't, I can't tell these things. But they they think they can, and then they're always wrong. Well, uh, and, and, and to dig into it, I really think what it comes down to is in the in the in the Braves podcast scene and Twitter scene, it scales very young, whether mm-hmm. it's actually age young or just yeah, emotionally young or, or whatever. But it, it scales very young. So Josh and JT and I, we're all like mid thirties or older, <laughs> upper thirties now, getting closer to that forties line. Uh, 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 Atlanta baseball talk. Those guys are older. We enjoy listening to those guys. We don't always agree with them, but like there's this, there's this, and and no offense to people that are younger, but there's this thing that comes with being 35, 36, 37, getting some age on you. And and that thing that, that comes is you realize you're an idiot. And when you're 25, you don't realize you're an idiot. You, you think you're a genius, Mm -hmm. but when you're 35, you've had enough failure in your life to realize you don't control very much you don't know very much, and if you let that stuff define you, it'll really mess you up. And so what, what Knock on Nation did and what we did, like, as individuals was we got to the place that and, – and, and it was not an easy journey, but we went through this process of basically coming to an understanding that our baseball takes, our Twitter comments, our perception by people out there does not define who we are. Mm-hmm. Um we're not defined by whether or not you agree with us about Nick Markakis. We don't care if you agree with us about Nick Markakis. Now, if you don't, we may troll the heck out of you just because that's fun, but we're not really actually mad at anyone for not liking Nick Markakis. We don't care. And we don't care if you disagree with us, right? It doesn't matter to us. It's baseball. It 
for, for people have been disagreeing about baseball for 120 years. That's the whole beauty of the sport is that <laughs> you think that Charlie Culberson is the greatest gift God's ever given to the Atlanta Braves. Rome, Georgia, and Rome, everyone Georgia. else is hundred percent certain this guy shouldn't be playing baseball on any baseball team anywhere. And that's the beauty of baseball, you know? Yeah. It, and so for us, I think the thing that rubs a lot of people the wrong way is they get a lot of identity, personal identity, from what they do so mm -hmm. they feel like because they write about the braves that their writing defines who they are and people liking that writing or them having even the rights to that writing really defines a lot about who they are as a person so if you might poke fun at that man it's super personal to them like they get hyper defensive about it and we're like dude like it, it we made it personal we were just mm -hmm. talking about baseball you know and uh and i i would even challenge people i mean unless you want to take silly statements like you live in your mother's basement or stuff like that, we, we've never said anything like sincerely personal yeah. insults about anyone, you know? I mean, like mm -hmm. you can go back and dig through all our stuff. Now we may make caricatures and make fun of silly stuff like that, but, it, but like, we don't actually believe they live in their mother's basement. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> no, I, I actually, no, I think Dylan short actually lives in. His oh, well, okay. That might be true. That so. might be true. But um, just but, kidding, Dylan. Dylan, we, we we're actually, actually we're actually and what's friends. funny is we actually like most of these guys that will actually talk to us for more than three seconds um and, and we don't have to agree with them you know <laughs> yeah. and, and that's that's okay but I, I do think a lot of what we do is is we we also recognize that stats and facts do not make a story and they do not make the story of baseball they do not make the story of me and you they don't mm. make the story of anything so I think when you get in this world where you think knowing all the stats, all the facts, all the pieces of something defines like you suddenly have some real clear picture because you got a bunch of stats. Well, good luck ever being married because you can know all your wife's stats and you can know all of like what's supposed to make her tick. And you're not going to get anywhere if you don't actually have a relationship and know her story. Mm -hmm. And that's the way baseball is. is I mean, Sure, we could look at the stats this season and say there's no way that Bryce Wilson should start in a postseason series if you're just looking at the stats and the facts. Like, if you're simply looking at those things, there's no way he should be starting in the playoffs. A.J. Minter, like, why in the world are you starting him for three innings? This is a guy that last year – we, I mean, me and Josh were at a live Braves game on media night when A.J. Minter gave up – a lead to the Rockies. We went live and we're completely embarrassed because he blew the entire game while we're live on the knock nation channel. It was, it was, it felt hurtful. Like it was our <laughs> fault somehow that he blew the game. It really wasn't. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like the stats don't tell the story. And I think yeah. what people get wrapped up in is they, they let the stats create their narrative. And we're like, you can't do it that way. You have to watch the actual game and watch the actual player and then the stats can back up the story that the player's telling, but the stats don't just automatically tell the story, especially in a game where you fail 70% of the time, even the best players, you know? So it, mm. that's kind of, I think that's kind of what makes us different is we're not, we're not married to one particular narrative and we're definitely not married to like our ideas being perfect or, you know, I, I also want to say this. I, I, I do want to say like, I'm not, I'm not innocent of never oh. being being a doo-doo head on twitter because <laughs> because if i see people like i hate when i see like 
a Braves blogger or a Braves podcaster, like quote tweeting like Dob or Schultz oh, and just yeah. trying to dunk on them, just in a very tasteless way. And I will, I will, I'll make fun of them. I will totally. And and just when when I see like bloggers or writers like dunking on just like fans, and by fans I mean like you know at Braves seventy eight with twelve followers, and they want to just talk about how they you know, know so much more than you. And I, I definitely make fun of those people. Well, um, it's fine for them to make fun of a fan, but the second you make fun of them, they block you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of the, what that's frustrating. Yeah. And but it's, fun. it's Twitter. It, yeah. And that's what it has to be fun. Uh, I mean, geez, this is not, yeah. Like I, I agree with what Ken said. And for people listening who have no idea still who these two guys are, uh, Ken is the <laughs> Ken can get the spiritual background on uh, combination, no doubt about it. I mean, like I think anytime listen, obviously Ralph's still hey, 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 listening, but Will you would say that, that. don't put that on Ken. They have a spiritual advisor. Yeah, That's okay. True. Yeah, you exactly do have a spiritual fault. advisor. You do have a spiritual <laughs> advisor. Yeah. But I think Will and I have li- having listened enough and text each other, <clears> like it's like, okay, Ken's the person that like He's going to go way deep, and then you know Josh is just going to say, "Yeah, they don't know anything. They don't know what they're talking about." Um, so I think that that's what makes it fun. Talk about the season. You talk about Bryce Wilson for you guys. I mean, I'll ask you this because, like, what was it? Yeah, it's been what two Sundays ago now. Uh, the Braves were knocked out and everything. And I know you guys did mm-hmm. some like impromptu episodes, but I hated personally how so many uh, so many media members in Atlanta plus just random fans and bloggers were just like this season's a failure like this is this is the worst thing ever i hate this because like for me watching and like we were all born after the world series so that kind of like that that oh, we're, we're pretty young so, so yeah so, <laughs> so like i don't i, I think all of us were born like that 97 to 98 range so for us a bunch of world series babies exactly Man. 100%. i mean there you go so does that freak you out to think about your parents had sex the last time the braves won the world series oh I mean, god does that, does that weird you what, out man what, what's <laughs> funny is my parents curious. may not listen to this but ralph's parents do so they just that's gonna be great there you go ralph hey go, Ralph's dad? Woo! i've heard about 16 or 17 i was like no, I had to do the math on this eventually. I was like, <laughs> it'd be like, like a few months after this or something. Like, it was probably like game two after 96. You know, wait, like 96, they thought they were going to win it all oh, when they uh, went up. You know, I'm born in August of uh, 97. August. So I mean, probably around around January. It could, uh, could have been the Georgia season. Interesting. Instead. Yeah, anyway. No, it, 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 promise you. My household is not a Georgia season. Okay, oh, okay. big Auburn fans. Big Auburn, big Auburn now, fans. Now, my family grew up Auburn fans. Uh, personally, I know uh, Josh is from Boone, so I'm a Troy fan, you know. Okay, okay. He's, he's got that little He's got that little fun belt. Listen, some belt's fun. The fun belt fun is fun. Watch. Yeah, I'm not a huge App State fan, just That's FYI. Fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a Georgia native. I just kind of adopt them because I <laughs> – yeah. I live Josh here just now, adop- adopts whoever the flavor. I, I don't really have any connection hey, to App State. Me, a bunch of, I don't want to hear anything about App State tonight. They're a bunch of granola, exactly losers. Yeah, exactly. But hey, the stadium. I mean, like uh, oh, that yeah. the baseball shows, stadium is beautiful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that, yeah. that aerial shot they throw they throw up at the baseball stadium is really uh, yeah. That's nice. We had a buddy that we went to high school. He'd come to play basketball up there, but he like. Quit after like semester. semester. Little known fact: that's as close as you can actually be to another human being in Boone right now. The aerial it's shot, true. like it's very, that's legally okay, that's so, the legal so, limit yeah. of how close you can be to another human. Oh, yeah, okay, so true. I don't know what it's like in Boone, but from <laughs> your tweets, it's like the whole thing of like you coming at the governor of North Carolina about mm-hmm. all this stuff about you. We, hey, we can go to Walmart. We can't go sit in the park with my daughter. Like I, and oh, I, yeah. I'm guessing that's changed. But like, 
what is the current status of like like what, what's going well, on let me tell you it's Bryce. like seattle moved let to north you, carolina Bryce. yes no so boone is yeah if you've been to seattle or portland it's it's like a little and that's why i liked it that's why i wanted to move here because i was kind of a don't tell anybody but like kind of a little granola upper you like i kind of you know wanted to live in a little <laughs> liberal like college town you know it was what me and nikki liked about it but uh yeah we've been, we've been back to georgia a zillion times this whole spring summer and fall um and it is like another world it i mean boone is very it's it's honestly it's militant i don't care what your politics are but it's militant when it comes to masks and just you know all that um everybody's masked up in fetal positions crying you know eating kale uh and you know i um shoot my guns outside and try to trigger my neighbors true story there yeah. you go there you go now ken what is it like for you uh now now Craig, are you northeast georgia i am yes i actually okay. live in livonia georgia up okay. near lake hartwell yes so what <laughs> is it like for you i mean what's what's kind of the i mean obviously it's a more rural area but like whenever oh, yeah, you go yeah, into yeah. town or anything like is it do people just not care because like that's kind of how columbus yeah, pretty is kind much. Of pretty populated I mean, it's one of the top like three or four cities in the state of Georgia. But like anytime you get kind of outside, it's like people just don't, don't even like I was in Dahlonega the other yeah. like two weekends ago and people just do not care. Grocery like, store. Like, there's probably care. I will say this like grocery store. There's usually about 70 percent mask, um, but just eating out and that kind of thing. Like you never see mask, that kind mm-hmm. of thing um, at breakfast or anything like that. But like grocery store. I mean, the, the workers will wear them, that kind of thing. Yeah. The people people in and out. I mean, that's kind of that's a, we're, we're a pretty rural city. And yeah, that's pretty much the. No one really cares. That being said, I mean, we have lost some prominent members of our community. So people do kind of at least pay attention to it and know it can be bad, especially for older people kind of thing. But I think folks around here say life has to go on. You know, Mm -hmm. you you hate it and there's bad things, but we can't like all live in a hole for forever. Yeah, We still know folks in quarantine. I'm not even I'm not embellishing and and being silly. No, we know people. We know people who are still in Lock, they they, they do go to work. They go to work. So I guess it's not full lockdown, but they, they will not, they're not seeing anyone literally until, and I quote, there is a vaccine. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy. Yeah. And these are mental health professionals, mind you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But you know, I mean, and, and I'm not even trying to be like hyper political, but I do think like some of that is, is also kind of reflective of the differences in the podcast. Like, it, it, there's what 24 braves podcast now i think i was counting up this week which when we started there was three oh gosh, um yeah. you know so like it feels like everybody wants their own little flavor and that flavor has to be exactly them or they won't listen or they'll go start their own thing you know and good luck to them i'm not i'm not mad at anybody that started a podcast that's great go go have your voice you know but it does feel like every podcast is trying to be like super particular about the rules and they want to like fit and they're trying to find their niche is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot like towns and Boone and different things, they're like all trying to like find this voice of this is who we are. And these are the kind of people we want to attract. And I mean, like, I think for us, we just kind of want to attract people that don't take things quite so seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think too, so within, when I started this podcast, it was, I mean, I was a junior in, sophomore junior in college so i mean i was trying to build the resume build all this stuff and so you get these cool interviews you get all these things and then when obviously covid hit and i got laid off from with the barons and everything yeah i remember uh, that man yeah i mean it's it yeah so it's it's kind of a whirlwind you know 
I think at some point you have to realize, kind of like you guys, and I've, I've told myself, I said, listen, you know, we're not going to compete with the ESPNs, the all these big media. I'm like, no one cares about if the crowded booth breaks news that, I mean, and I and Ralph just texted me. I do, so Bryce. Much. I care, Bryce. I appreciate it. I, I, but Trevor Lawrence has COVID. So that is actually breaking yeah. news right now. Wait, wow. what? Came out. Yes. Yeah, so Trevor Ralph, Lawrence was just tested for COVID. Uh, oh, so man. Not play Good thing Saturday. they tested him. He wouldn't have known he was sick unless he got tested. You know what I mean? Exactly. Of course. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's full, 100% healthy, but, you know, he has COVID. Yeah. So he, I'm he sure recovers. Clemson will struggle to cover their 35-point oh, yeah. margin. I hope he recovers. Yeah. Their five-star quarterback right behind them who's just as good as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're talking about better. stuff like that. Like, we're not trying to break news. I think when we started our Facebook Live shows on Sunday nights, like, it was just like, let's just have fun. And, like, we have people in Columbus that are watching – and I'll tell you one thing, Josh, you talked about this when you went down. Correct me if I'm wrong, is it like your father-in-law that's like a high school football coach? Or is that Jay? Or is, mm-hmm. I mean, father-in-law. People, people love high school football down here. So we're doing some high school football stuff. It's been so much fun. Yeah, man. I was down there in Noonan uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. There's people like – I saw smiles for the first time in like four months. <laughs> there you go. People were laughing. It was actually – Noonan's a little bit of a – that school is in a predominantly black neighborhood. So I forgot we were all racist and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, people were smiling and laughing and having fun. It was, yeah. it was weird. And I get back to Boone. Everyone's white in their chacos. Uh, Telling you that you're racist. Crying. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, crying. <laughs> now I was telling, so JT had me on, I think it was the quarantine files. Um, and what mm-hmm. JT did not know oh, yeah, is that, right. so JT, he, he messages me and he's like, Hey, well, this is, he's been like on and off Twitter. So, yeah, like, he's off Twitter right now. So, but yeah. when he did it, he messaged me, and he's like, "We hey, think he's off Twitter. We think he has burner accounts. I mean, he 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 definitely does." <laughs> so does Josh. Don't feel bad. <laughs> like Josh is one hundred percent certain that he's going to get fully banned one of these days. So it, he keeps a burner account so that he can still have access to all the latest news and it's true. Jokes and oh yeah. Plus uh, that way, all the people that have blocked him, he can still say see what they say about him. Of course, right. of course. But I think he messaged me, and he was like, "Hey, let's set this up." And he's like, I'm an early riser. And I'm thinking like, okay, so also like I'm 23 and like, I didn't have to be at work that day until the night. I was like, okay, that's no big deal. Like, you know, we'll, we'll shoot like nine o'clock. He's like, yeah, let's do it around uh, seven o'clock, six 30. Does that sound good to you? It's like, <laughs> sure. Sound. Okay. Well, whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm like half asleep sitting here, like just like talking to him. And he's asking me all these questions about like recruiting and everything. That leads me on my next question. You talked about the 35 and a half point spread. Josh, you did some stuff with or, or covered georgia tech for like a season or got like tickets or something <laughs> okay okay what whatever this is like i'm in this like recruiting sphere, sphere of georgia tech they make fun of me because i grew up a dogs fan but like i'm doing all this georgia tech yeah, stuff. Yeah. people people like like people get mad at me like when i say something mm-hmm. about like this like what well, typical tech fan i'm just like <laughs> like what like uh, what, like people yeah people yeah, think he's a tech fan just a diehard tech fan they get but what's even funnier fine. what's even funnier is bryce grew up an auburn fan yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's well, you it, deserve all this then. Like, well, I Auburn, get, don't expect a bit of sympathy from me. <laughs> I'm just saying, Listen, I went Auburn, Georgia. My first time I became a Georgia fan, my dad took me to Sanford Stadium, and it was mm-hmm. like that come to Jesus moment. I mean, it was just yes, like, really? Yeah, yeah it, it really was. Uh, but see, but see, okay, so hallelujah, let's, like, <laughs> <laughs> but see, the big thing is, is like, so Ralph, like, his family has season tickets to Auburn games. So like oh. you know that whole year that they won, they went to the national title game. They'd be like Georgia. Hell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I got I got a soft spot for for Auburn. We well, go ahead. No, but well, yes, kind of like Auburn. their defense. Hundred percent. Not wrong. Dots at Will right there. Will <laughs> not wrong. Will Will did not text us during the Georgia Auburn game. 
like at all. Like he, no, he, he texted us. He was just very angry. <laughs> so wait, is Will is Will a Georgia fan? Will's I'm a diehard Auburn. Auburn. He's an Auburn oh, fan. Will and Ralph are Auburn. Or yes, no, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm a Troy fan. Diehard. Troy Auburn. Okay, got it. Ra- don't, yeah. So so anyway, so we're texting her in the game, and it's just one of those things so like, oh baby. my gosh, like, and I'm not a ba- I'm not one of those like bad fans. It's like you know, whatever. Like, I'm like, that was a really stupid play call or like something like that. Just whatever. But, and, and they know that we have some friends that are also in that group message that are just ridiculous. Um, but I think the biggest thing is I want to talk about college football because we're talking about masks. Have you seen some of the masks that these guys are, these coaches are wearing like the face shields and like, yeah, good for them. All this, good for them. Like, good for Nick Saban for standing up and showing up, man. Shut, Andy like, Reid, the big lost our minds. We're like, and, and oh, Andy Reid is the best. Andy Reid looks like yeah. he's about to go deep sea diving and he's got like the yeah. full shield on, except he can't keep it defogged. So he's like, he's you, you wiper expect any his. minute for alien to like eat his brain from behind. It's like, <laughs> who had, was it? Uh, I wanted to say, Patrick, I am your father. You know, like that's the next thing that's going to come out of his mouth. Like he, he looks completely who, who insane. Had, who had like the shirt or like the, was it? Oh, was uh, Lane. Was it Lane? Yeah, yeah. Lane yeah. Yeah. had like yeah. a cloth on his face. Love it. It's the weirdest thing ever. I love it. Yeah, I, I just crazy. love the logic. Like, like I love how militant it is, and like you get fined if you don't. If you're a coach and you don't have a mask on, you will get. I think I heard you get fined or something. Yeah, is yeah. It the NFL too. Yeah, I think it's NFL too. Just think, yeah. just think about the logic. So, so you're gonna let. So the players are at the line of scrimmage. They're tackling each other. They're breathing on each other. You know, you know what I mean. Like if you're mm-hmm. if you're yeah. a Duke fan, you're making out with each other, and then like and then and then the coaches. You know the coaches have to mask up, and if they're not masked up, they're they're canceled. You know, like it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I gotta be I'm honest. Like, I want Bill Belichick to come no out sense. there and live cut the sleeves off of his shirt before he goes, and just pull it down over his head, <laughs> and, like use a, a tube sock. I mean, just mask. a tube yeah, like, sock over the head. I mean, like everybody hates on him wearing like the cut off sweats anyway. So just well, like, listen, cut if them it's off a white, right if, it's, if it's a white sweatshirt, he'll be confused to being racist. So I love the uh, true, oh, true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I love the live mascot rule too. Like. There, there'll be no live mascots because of COVID. Okay, you know? and then Auburn's mascot is an eagle. Well, we, who knows what the right. mascot is half the time. But, okay. But, they're, but, they're, but, but it's, the eagle flies, yeah. and they won't let the eagle fly. Like, what, was so, so, COVID they're like a tiger eagle, man. It's like, it's like watching a Japanese anime when you're trying to figure out if <laughs> what Auburn's doing with their, with their mascot, man. It's like, yeah, go on! <laughs> like a Jackie Chan movie fixing to pop out is there, like, you know, he's going to go into, like – Honestly, I've heard that's, like, the coolest – is it Auburn Tiger style today? Like we don't. I want to experience the, the eagle. Well, I've heard it's awesome. Okay, well, let's oh, go. Ralph's Come on, we'll go. I'll go. I'll, we'll I'll, go. I'll tell you what's right now. Cool places. The coolest thing about the eagles when it flew into the, into the glass right there. That might have been the funniest moment of my entire life. <laughs> watching him fly right into the glass. I'm sitting here like that was bound to happen eventually. And it tells you how happen- low Ralph's standards are for comedy. Can, can we get like a Randy Johnson Bill? with the eagle? That's what I want to know. Like somebody warming up with a football catches the eagle right in the head, just explodes <laughs> on live TV, falls out of the air. Like I mean, that would be that would well, be. If Bo Nix is throwing the ball, he won't hit it at all. With Bo yeah. Nix. Oh. Like, <clears throat> Bo Nix. Just for the record, while we're on it here, Bo Nix is a high school quarterback that uh, that had a lot of money. Oh, oh. Wait, his dad played at Auburn. If you didn't know, exactly that. right. Yeah, his he had a lot of money. Auburn. That was the point, hey, right? Like Auburn gave rich. his dad a lot of money to come play. If his daddy w- was rich, he wouldn't be coaching at Central High School right now. Yeah, yeah but right but JT is actually buddies with JT's actually buddies with Bo Nix's granddad. And, wait, wait, uh, what'd you say? What'd you say, Josh? I'd rather hang out in Auburn than Athens. I'm gonna Listen, say it. Listen, I'm yes, a diehard all day. I agree with that. Athens sucks. I like Little Atlanta. 
Yeah, it's That's crowded. Not true. It's <laughs> so crowded. You can't even walk anywhere. It's so crowded. You can't park anywhere. Okay, there's a couple of good spots. You don't awesome. know what you're. Do- you give don't even know me, what hey, you're talking about, Josh. Brown. Give me, give me Lake Martin. Give me okay. the Strut and Duck in Auburn over over Athens like all day, all day. Oh Whatever. Mm, Whatever. Yeah. Give me the Blind Pig Tavern. Give me. Yes, sir. Uh, Give me the the forty watt. Give me the Georgia Ooh. Theater with the Kinshafuni Cowboys. You're gonna go. Playing. You're gonna eat some kale with some hipsters at the forty watt and have a <laughs> BLM protest in downtown Athens while <laughs> while we're hey, while watching the drive by truckers. Like, sure, like if they want to do that outside. I'm, oh yeah, yeah. The drive by truck. Have you seen Esbell's account these days? I have. Yeah, okay. but he okay. can play some music. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you don't. You forget, guys. Josh. That, this that, is. Go ahead, go ahead. You forget, Josh. That the, the moment that artistry becomes accepted it flips so just oh, look yeah. like today you're right Lil it does. pump endorsed trump like like all these Lil the second yeah. yeah so the second 50 cents retracted though sort I, of I saw, yeah because you get a lot of pressure yeah kind of awkward but but what the, the, in all seriousness like the minute art stops becoming cross-culture or counterculture uh-huh. then it becomes propaganda so like oh. people that are actually artists don't really like being propaganda so they'll like just swap to the other side so you just have to do that at athens too like here's the great thing about athens you can get stupid college students to cheer anything and, and that's, that's the true. best part about Athens. Mm-hmm. They Just, do go true. to the University of Georgia. Yeah. Oh, see, and that's like mean. five steps ahead of Auburn. So, I mean, you know, like, if, if, you, think, if you think that's well, bad, just imagine what you could do over in Alabama. I'll say, listen, Auburn, Auburn has a beautiful – it's a pretty campus. And like you said, I mean, you got Lake Martin there. You, I mean, we're – in Columbus, we're like 45 minutes away. So, I mean, that's a destination for a lot of kids coming out of high school uh, there. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Ralph went down to Troy. He hated it. I mean, he it is a terrible, t- terrible place to be. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I don't want to say I hate I've, every bit of it. I mean, a, I don't want to go a... back. <laughs> but I mean, look, what's, Auburn where would you rather live? Where would you rather live? Statesboro or Troy? Troy, one hundred percent. I've been to same, both. Same. I've been to both, and I think yeah. there's nothing to do in Statesboro. You got to drive forty five minutes to Savannah same. just yeah. to go do something, and that's you're going to spend about a thousand dollars down there. So don't, that's why ABAC is all about drinking and not really about learning. I mean, my cousin went to ABAC, and I know all my cousins went to ABAC. What's ABAC? <laughs> Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in Tifton, Georgia. It's actually ABC Training Center for like the ABC package stores. That's really what ABAC. <laughs> Interesting. But wow. I'll tell you thing. My cousin will not listen to this at all. I know he doesn't listen to this. No, he no, graduated no. ABAC as a forestry major and now he just works for a company that just plows over trees all day i'm like that's gotta be an interesting life god bless america god bless america <laughs> look auburn would be a fantastic school if it wasn't always and forever the little brother of alabama i mean like what yeah. alabama auburn's beat alabama what like two times in the last 50 years the last that's what that's what will keep gus this year they'll be they'll be alabama this year and gus listen job. josh what's he, your soft spot for auburn you know, I know you got one. Uh, well, so I lived in Birmingham from 09 to 2013. I've been everywhere, man. I've and been that's everywhere. right, because I texted you and I was in this, like, where do I need to yeah. go? Like, what are some good places? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I lived in the Highlands. And I, I was, like, in my late 20s. I had a cool little, like, hipster, like, single apartment. I drove a little Saab 9-3, and I, you know, worked for this little tech company. And oh, I got made the liberals. Ralph and Will wanted me to talk oh. about vehicles next. But, uh, yes, yeah, but, 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 but go ahead. But go Auburn ahead, make me v- – Auburn did not make me liberal. Something else did. And we could that talk about it. To, another time. That was trip to, uh, your trip to Oregon, right? Gotcha. Correct. Uh, so 
what was I talking about? Oh, I lived in Birmingham. And when I lived there, both Bama and Auburn had won it all. And I had friends kind of on both sides and just, just lit. And this is just uh, my perception living in Birmingham, Alabama of the two schools. It seemed like Bama fans drove like a 1989 GMC Jimmy with 47 roll tide stickers on the back of their car. Um, and they'd never really been to Tuscaloosa. And the Auburn fan drove like, I don't know, like a 2003 Toyota Highlander with 140,000 miles, modest, mm -hmm. gold, maybe a little Auburn sticker on the back. And that's how I felt about Auburn fans. And I had some friends that went there and uh, um, they had a lake house on Lake Martin. And I went down there and like loved it. It was just, yeah. it was awesome. I love Lake Martin. I love Auburn. Nothing but love. And also when you're a young single man, you might, judge schools on things like say it say it yes say it go ahead and say it my girlfriend is into this the looks of the ladies yeah you just, tell me you don't like athens Please and just in my just in my professional in my professional in my professional history uh i can say that the auburn um mm -hmm. Student has lower standards than oh. no, that's not what I'm saying. There's nicer, there's nicer to look at just yeah. from from Admire what I God's from, from what I found. There you go. I'll probably say this right here. I think Georgia has more uh stronger liberal girls than I think Albert will. Wow, exactly. He's right. He's right. <laughs> but you know, liberal girls are freaky. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, Auburn this, girls. Man? Auburn they girls trying to have harder. some natty light, <laughs> listen to some Granger Smith, and just like go fishing, man. Just right Josh, just, Josh has just never and been on South Campus at Georgia. He's only familiar with North Campus. South and Campus girls, South Campus girls at UGA. They they want to like they want to listen to NPR. No, they don't they talk about. Their See, feelings. that just proves Josh doesn't know what South and Campus is. South Campus. Yeah, is I actually don't. I, I just make South. So campus North Campus ag school, buddy. That's that's all your, oh, your oh, girls really? wearing Wranglers yeah. and and. Uh, oh no no no! I, I guarantee you a twenty twenty. I guarantee you a twenty twenty ag major girl from UGA right. is not right, wearing so Wranglers. Me, I guarantee. Let me tell she's you, she's wearing Carhartt, and she's she's ironically she's tweeting about sustainable energy. Ironically, 100%. I drove through Athens this week through the middle of campus on Sunday with a dead bull in the back of my trailer <laughs> headed down to the valley. 100%, I tell you. I'm surprised you and didn't I got, stop. I did not know exactly where I was supposed to turn in at, so I just pull over, and I'm literally down. Like, if I turn right, I'm at Stegman Coliseum. Uh, not Stegman. I'm right at Sanford Stadium. Mm. And I'm like, and the SLC is like right there, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just pull over and block the whole road with my 24 foot trailer. And about that time, this cute little blonde girl, and I guess it was her boyfriend come riding by on bicycles. And she turns around and gives me this, Oh my God, why do you have a dead bull in the back of your car? Look like mm -hmm. her eyes are like mm -hmm. this big and the guy rides by and he is laughing hysterically. I'm talking about like falling off of his bicycle laughing. He is laughing so hard. So then I go down and I get to the uh, to the the actual place where I'm supposed to be. And Josh, sure enough, there was a girl there. And mm -hmm. first of all, there was a girl wearing Wranglers. Mm -hmm. And secondly, there was a little Asian chick in a lab coat, and she she <laughs> unloaded the dead bull <laughs> with a hoist. But you know, still, just we saying. Had we have crossed every barrier. I mean, this show is making new strides tonight. Uh, with you guys on it, no doubt about it. First off, I went to Barry uh, that Josh married with. Now that is a whole oh, different right. My mom went to Barry. Yeah. yeah. No, listen, you have the ag, you have the my wife Nikki went to Barry. So. Yeah, they have the horse girls. 
So the girls that, you know, are riding the horses. But then you have, okay. like you said, the granola, the people who right. are, Auburn has the horse right? girls too, but that means Auburn, something totally different. The granola girls <laughs> hanging out at Swift and Finch. Yeah. And Patagonia from Blue Sky. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's girls hang out at Swift and Finch. What? The horse, the horse girls hang out at Swift no, and Finch? No, no, no. no, no the no, granola no. girls. Oh. The granola okay. girls right. are at Swift and Finch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I like, now, see, downtown Rome. That's an underrated. I like downtown Rome. It's gotten it's gotten better. It's pretty true. cool. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not too bad. They've it's improved regulated, but other than that, yeah, it's cool it is. Yeah. yeah, no big time. It is. If you know All the right. politics of Rome, then it's like, ah. but yeah, I mean, see, and I was just, I'm just a you know a college kid that's down yeah. There. I don't if, know you just, if you're just hanging out, like it's it's you're looking really for pretty. A, if you want like a little city that hits those things without being so hyper controlled go to clayton georgia sometime clayton georgia way underrated yeah, really dude. nice little city mm-hmm. that's got a lot of nice little restaurants now they really built up the downtown area okay. go check it out and then just take a little ride through the mountains go to hawassi mm-hmm. uh stop at the lake rent you a boat i ran on lake hawassi for a little while you know all that good stuff yeah are you asking yeah. bryce out on a date <laughs> i think he may to. be i I'm mean down. hey listen that's I might have to. Might have to. All right, let's talk. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk vehicles. Let's talk. Let's talk vehicles. Now the oh vehicles. The vehicles of change or like vehicles. We're talking about the one. No, I'm not. Vehicle. I'm not in Brian Carroll. No, listen. No, no. I'm not in Brian Carroll's media law class. Okay, Josh. That, that's no. I'm, yeah. I know oh you, yeah. Yeah. Now Carroll. <laughs> Man, that's the next episode. Me, Josh, and Brian Carroll. That would be. Were you in that class I when I spoke? Uh, yes, that was my oh. first. Yes. Oh. Yes. I'm so sorry, so Bryce. I I wrote him a really nice script, and then he did nothing. That was different. That was a different. That was a different school. That was oh, when I spoke was at it? Oh, oh, my yeah. bad. My this bad. Was I, sp- I spoke at a class at Barry. This was like five years ago. Yes, Brian Carroll, freshman or sophomore year. Yeah, Brian Carroll asked me to speak, and I was like, I don't know what to speak about. Brian was like, You're a journalist. I'm like, I don't think you know what that word means, Brian. I'm not a journalist. <laughs> and, and for the other three people, like. Brian Carroll, and I feel bad because I've always called him Dr. Carroll. Brilliant guy. Dude, guy. is his office the coolest place? Yo, he has a, in the he's world. a massive Yankees fan, like massive. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, always has a cigar, always yeah. has a cigar in there. I mean, like, it, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing. But he has a, like a mural of like Yankee Stadium with like legends. Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, like, all like it's it's literally like on his walking. wall, it's, like on, not, on the wall. Yeah. Not hang, like somebody came painted, and painted it, painted it for him. So it's yeah. awesome legend we're a lot more impressed with that than anybody else is but that's that's fine yeah you had to be they don't know they don't know but listen we're talking trucks also he drives like a 99 acura uh legend Mm -hmm. by the way which i just think is the coolest thing ever sorry go ahead no your vehicle the pawpaw truck now listen they make fun of my truck uh i got a i got a uh it's a danger ranger i got a ford ranger we call it the danger ranger now i need to know i need to know Hmm. what is the best Paul Paul truck is is it yours or is there something that you're mm. out there still looking for to Ooh. maybe try to get and, and Ken throw it in there because I don't know your mm. vehicle situation. Mm. Yeah, the best. So not every truck is a Paul Paul truck, and not every of old course. truck is a Paul Paul truck. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, I highly respect the Rangers. I had an '87 Ranger when I first met Nikki. When I first met Nikki, I had a company truck, and I also had a little '87 Ranger that I bought at Ro- in Rossville, Georgia, off of Craigslist. And it had the vent windows, no AC. And I picked Nikki up in it in July to see what kind of girl she was. And she thought it was hot. And now we're married. And she go. made me dinner a while ago. Anyways, uh, the best pawpaw truck. The best pawpaw. Man. 
the best pawpaw truck about a 1990 somewhere in that range toyota not jacked up the low bed kind that mm-hmm. sits Just a little pickup the toyota pickup a little toyota pickup that sits right on the ground um and you're kind of wondering like did that thing actually import from japan that, that's a pretty good pawpaw truck it's okay. up there. A, a good uh, up there for me too is uh so so for everyone listening i, I do drive um one of the nicest trucks ever made. It's a 2000 S10. I'm very humble about it, but it, I mean, just it's a 2000 S10. It has 83,000 miles on it. Perfect condition. Um, maybe the best pawpaw truck, or at least one that's up there for me, like a 90 or 91, just F-150. Single cab F-150. The box, you know, uh, yeah. design before it got rounded in the late night, like 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. So or just early to early 90s, 90 yeah. to like 94 f-150 uh white and that green that like light green look man and so the, if you want to last window now now the mm. real way to get a pawpaw truck is to be ahead of the curve okay okay so this is a it's not quite there yet but five years from now everybody's gonna be calling it the greatest pawpaw truck a 1995 dodge ram 1500 that's not jacked up that just sits on the ground not mm-hmm. not like drop but just like just a normal yeah. ride set yeah, no lift. yeah. yeah so it looks ugly truck. as crap yeah just a hundred percent stock not white not white you don't want a white one but mm-hmm. like it, it had like maybe the stripe down the side you might even get like a 99 like come on up in age just a little bit but before they started naturally lifting all of them and that, that's going to mm-hmm. be the next pawpaw truck I think. what right is your ranger right? so i have so I have an 07 Ranger. It's it's a newer one, but but you know they just came back out with yeah. it. But it's it's a good truck. But right mm-hmm. outside my window, right good here, truck. Uh, we have a and I want to make sure I get it right. An '87 uh, Chevrolet CK Silverado. Ooh, oh, oh yeah, white one. So that's it's been a work truck for us. But I mean that's a fun one. A like a velvet interior. So see that's, that, that's oh, yeah, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. getting yeah. too nice for a. It's almost getting truck. too nice. It, it's, my so '87 Ranger had the velvet interior, and it was mm-hmm. it, it was like sitting in Lazy Boy. It was awesome. But see, my okay, dad, we're sitting here talking about this. These two, Ralph driving the uh, 2013 Silverado, Will driving the 2019 F-150. So they, you know, they they got. Jeez, the, uh, the Will, game. what do you what do you well, do? Ask Will what he does. Ask Will what he does. besides being a podcaster and a writer. Banks, baby. I uh, are you I in mean, finance? No. <laughs> The opposite of that. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a jet engine mechanic for Pratt and Whitney. We oh. have a plant here in Columbus, Georgia. So, so Boggy makes man, all the Will? parts you put on to planes. Nice. Well, the, wow. the the engines come in to us and we tear them down, fix whatever's wrong. And Y'all out here like, making fun of his Auburn credentials. Look at this man building jet engines up he didn't in here learn to do that at auburn new, new he didn't radio. go to auburn <laughs> that's what i'm fixing to oh, say wait. there's wait, no you... way he actually hey, learned to yet. do that at auburn not yet, <laughs> like, not yet. where'd you go i go to columbus state oh okay. i'm a senior so yeah. i'm almost done yeah well you're win. almost done you have a silverado like a new silverado f-150 f-150, f-150. f-150. i'm sorry okay yeah mm-hmm yeah, wow. so he's he's doing well. Dang. I'm back to feeling insecure again. God, yeah, me please. too. An hour in, and I just took one hour. You full circle. Well, listen, I know Ralph's got to go to bed soon because he's got to be up at three o'clock in the morning. Three. No, I got to be up at four. Four. Okay, so we got a little time. So let's I actually talk, start the bars. Let, let's actually talk about some some <laughs> baseball here. No, I love talking with with you guys. This has been a ton of fun so far. But want to get your thoughts, kind of on listen. Braves fans on Twitter have already said we're going to sign this. We're going to sign this guy. We're going to sign this guy. Like. 
what are, what are some realistic expectations for you guys, each of you kind of going in? Okay, so I'm going to give training. you two scenarios, and Josh, you can play off these two scenarios. Okay. My first scenario is the one I think will actually happen. Okay, first scenario, I think they're going to sign Freddie Freeman pretty much no matter what this offseason because I mm-hmm. think they're going to do that. That being said, I don't think they sign anyone else. I don't think they make a single move because I think all of baseball is fixing to cut like half their salaries because they're they're they are prepared to not have a 2021 season and prep for. In fact, I figure the players are going to strike. Yeah. They're not going to have a 2021 season, and then they're going to have like CBA negotiations and like figure all that stuff out. But I mean, heck, the the Cardinals cut Colton Wong this week and didn't pick up his 10 million dollar option. Like to me, that screams. No one is signing anyone of mm-hmm. any actual value this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless they've just got obscene money. I mean, the Dodgers might, the Boston might, you know, but I'm just saying, like, most of your mid market teams, like the Braves, I don't think they're signing anyone. And I, as much as I'd love for them to sign Marcelo Zuna, I think they're going to sign someone if they sign anyone to like a one year deal because yeah. they don't know what the CBA is going to do. So, Josh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with Ken. Uh, I think that we are as baseball fans about to witness a really ugly, terrible, stupid spring. Um, I don't know if they're going to go on strike, but I, I think there's a huge likelihood they will. But even, even if they weren't though, even if like baseball resumes per usual, they're not going to sign uh, or they're not going to bring back Marcelo Zuna. Um, every, every Braves blogger thinks they will or thinks they should like, of, of course that would be a good idea because he's good at hitting baseballs. Like, er, okay, but he, he's going to command a lot of money. He's going to go to the Yankees, maybe, or maybe the Red Sox. I don't know. The Dodgers, um, maybe the Dodgers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to extend Freddie Freeman. Maybe, maybe Dansby as well. Maybe I don't know, mm-hmm. but I do think that um, no one's talking about it because the conversation has been the World Series and the election, you know, and all these things. But after things die down, it's going to be. CBA strike. Well, I will put a caveat uh, on it. My second scenario is Joe Biden gets elected, COVID goes away the next day, and they have a regular season next year, at which time teams spend all the money in the world. So, because yeah. that's what's going to happen oh. is if Joe gets elected, COVID's not going to be a deal anymore, and we're going to mm-hmm. forget about it like we did the swine flu. So, you know, th- this is pretty much the two scenarios. Either way, I, I do think there's a slim chance the Braves could sign Ozuna. Um, I-, I probably give it a little greater chance than Josh does, but not a lot. Because for one, other teams are in play, but the Braves do have some money to spend. They could go blow some money if they wanted to, but I still think the CBA lumen and what's going to happen there. I think the owners are going to just clamp down and say, "We're not paying you thirty to thirty-five yeah. million dollars a year to play baseball." I think that's what they're going to say, and we might get you some as other they shouldn't. But that's not what's going to happen. And 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 look, people are going to scream, but the owners are so rich, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, that's why we're rich is because we don't pay people thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year yeah. to play a game." You know, yeah. well, and Ken, you've touched on the fact these owners are assuming all the risks. Like I listen to enough of your podcast, like they yeah. they are like if you just take let's not even talk about baseball, let's talk about business. I mean, when you assume all the risk in a business, yeah, I mean, no one's going to fall. You're you running for- a sports <laughs> franchise for millions yeah. of people, and you are pitching every fifth day during the summer months. Who has more value here? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, right. shut up. And you let's make be honest, ten million bucks a year to play baseball, quit being a bitch, and like, shut, just shut up. And, and, like, and this is this stupid. is the thing. What where I think players don't understand is if you remove Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, all your $100 million pitchers, if you removed all that, 
if fans didn't know you removed them, the next level of players would seem just as good because the talent works that way. Mm-hmm. They if really you are expendable. the upper yeah. level of talent, yeah. then the next level of talent seems really, really good because the upper level of talent is gone. Yeah. So, it's a game. Like, as far as the consumer is concerned, the game would not suffer significantly for removing the talent. Well, look at look at the early 2000s. You removed all the talent, steroids, and when you did, the game really didn't suffer. Fans still loved the game. You didn't hit 50 or 60 home runs per year, but fans didn't quit enjoying baseball just because Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa weren't hitting mm-hmm. 70 and 75 home runs. Now, did it drop some? Yes, because of all the scandal and everything behind it and all the PR stuff, but the actual sport itself didn't drastically – reduce its quality to the point that people weren't interested anymore it just the pr stuff was bad about it you know i think the whole system is broken i think it's it's the more i learn about it and the more i i read about it and the more i watch different stuff about it like it's it's from the ground up like from youth league baseball what they've done to the just the whole industry with making it so expensive to play baseball like uh so i mean these inner city kids they're 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 gonna play basketball they're gonna play football they're not gonna, they're not gonna be interested in baseball and mlb puts all their attention their efforts into these third world countries um which you know i'm not i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's, those kids are awesome they, they they need baseball but they're they're putting all this mm-hmm. money into the dr into panama into venezuela and they're totally forgetting about this badass 80 grade inner city kid like you know what I mean? In East Atlanta yeah. and yeah, Pittsburgh. And the, and this is the thing. And so, I think that Rob Manfred gets a bad rap. And I'll be the first to criticize Rob Manfred about a lot of things that I don't like his rule changes and that kind of stuff. But I hear people say Rob Manfred doesn't care about baseball. Rob Manfred doesn't care about baseball. Look, Rob Manfred cares about money. And that means he cares about baseball. Yeah. He may not care about your version of baseball and the traditional version that you like or the rules that you like, but he does care about baseball. And the problems, and I think some of the solutions that I think people are not able to see big picture, like a lot of people got upset with MLB collapsing and restructuring the minor leagues. In the long run, this is going to be good for baseball. I -hmm. guarantee you. Cutting out two leagues of players who are never going to play pro baseball is better for the sport. Sure, there's one or two random kids that might get missed, 100%. Doesn't matter. The sport will be better yeah. for this, not worse. And no one went to the games. Let's, let's let's be real. No one went yeah. to the games. I lived in Rome. No yeah. one goes to the games. Exactly. No, I mean, and yeah. Don't. I mean, I, I mean, they literally Barry would give away tickets to the games. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and I'll say this from the perspective of like having worked in it, that sucks for those people. Like people, like what I'm trying to do, absolutely to get those. Yeah. Like that sucks. Like when you take away an Appy League where so many broadcasters have cut their teeth. That mm. I mean, that hurts, and you make it all this collegiate summer baseball, which is great. But like you said, in the long run, from a baseball standpoint, it's going to make make that better. Well, not only that, but what if the the options you did get had more actual value to it? So instead of being an announcer for a stadium with zero people in it, now mm. you're an announcer for a AAA team that actually draws fans. You know, yeah. at least some, because they actually have a team that's good enough to you know there's a good chance a lot of these guys are going to be future players. You know, uh, let's be 100% honest. If the double-A Braves team played anywhere near Georgia, they would pack out most weeks. I truly believe that yeah. because 
that's where the prime players are that I want to go see. You know, most of the time, most of them sit at double A. That's where their future is. And that's the team to go see. And it's in Mississippi. So, like, why don't I can't go see them? You know, I'm not going yeah. driving to Mississippi to go watch that team play. But g- going back to Manfred, I think the CBA and some of the things he's doing, look, it, are they greedy owners? Absolutely. That's part of why they do the whole thing is to make money and be greedy. Like, I get it. But at the same time, I do think, and, and this is really not a defense of Manfred. It's just, I think, like Nick Marcakis, like we've talked about earlier in the show, I think people just hyper-simplify what the owners and Manfred are trying to do and into they're just being greedy. Yeah. Or, you know, Liberty Media won't spend money because they're just greedy. No, no, there, there's actual reasons they won't spend money. You just aren't giving them enough credit for how they think. You don't become a multi-billion dollar business just being greedy. There's a lot more to it than that. And right. And and so I think when you look at what Manfred's doing with the CBA, I think it, what players, I think players have done a terrible job of representing themselves through Tony Clark and different ones in, in previous CBA mm-hmm. or reorganizations, that kind of thing. But I think in the grand scheme of things, while I don't agree with every move he's made, I do think Manfred is trying to make baseball better for everyone players and owners that may not mean that his plan is for more players to get higher salaries Mm -hmm. but i do think he wants more players to get more low-level players to move up with more consistent salaries i mean look let's be 100 honest it should not happen that nick marcakis this year played for basically a million dollars while marcelo zuna played for 18 million dollars there's not that kind of gap difference in their ability. Yeah. You can tell me Marcelo Zuna is 10 times better than Nick Marcakis. Okay. Then he should have been getting $10 million. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm just saying like, like the money does not math out in a way that makes sense. A ba- like the Braves postseason rotation basically was making like $2.5 million total. I think maybe it was less than that. It was like, it was, it's obscenely yeah. low. And meanwhile, the Dodgers postseason rotation was in Clayton Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw was guy. making like twenty four million dollars. Yeah, thirty yeah, million. Thirty million. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, th- that's 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 a broken system that needs fixing. I don't know that Manfred's solution is going to fix it. That I, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say it is, but I think that's what's being addressed. And then the other thing, everybody wants to talk about uh, Black Lives Matter, and they want to talk about you know racism in sports and that kind of. The biggest racist thing that doesn't get talked about by MLB is the fact that they have used Central and South America as a slave labor pipeline for MLB. Now, look, that's hyperbole. These guys are still getting paid obscene money to play baseball. Mm -hmm. But compared to what American players are getting paid and the systems that they're using to develop these kids, all that kind of stuff, it's not it's slave labor. I mean, like kids literally go live in a facility at 12 years old until they're 17, hoping to get signed by some major league club to come over here. And and meanwhile, an American kid, a a black kid in a local neighborhood can't even get a glove to, and afford to go to travel ball on the weekends, you know? So it's, it's a broken system. And I I think it also starts with college too, like college as well. So in college, uh, if you're, if you are a sophomore in high school, if you're if you're a, a sophomore in high school, a lot a lot of times um, this happens, you know, with black kids, you'll see it. There, there'll be dual athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
black kid, center fielder, just just 80 grade speed, power, yada, yada, yada. He's next also Mookie the wide Betts. receiver and yeah. he's the next week best. He's also the wide receiver and the running back, and maybe sometimes the quarterback or whatever. He's a sophomore in high school. Well, uh, I can get a full ride in football. So, mm-hmm. like your dad sits you down at supper. He's like, Hey man, like you can get a full ride football, but you can't get it in baseball. You yeah. put all your eggs in the football baskets. It's, it's like a no brainer. So, uh, the answer to that's way above my pay grade. I just know that like college baseball and just, just the, just the youth aspect of it ha- like has to change. Cause what, what that is, it's way deeper than that black kid picking football over baseball. What's yeah, happening yeah. is you are losing an entire demographic totally these kids are growing fans these kids are growing up watching the other product they're watching football they're watching basketball Mm -hmm. they're playing Fortnite. they're not they don't care about baseball and and i'm being hyperbolic as as well but just in general you're losing kids because because baseball has become this i mean really like this white elitist sport and 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 college football you know college baseball pales inside america inside Inside america for sure i mean I, I use this example before too. And this is just one example. And maybe it's not the best example, but like Ronald Acuna, Ronald Acuna signed for a hundred thousand dollars. And it wasn't because he was like, man, he was, he was a badass, but he signed for a hundred thousand bucks out of Venezuela. Right. Kyle Wright. What do you sign for? 7 million out yeah. of Vandy. So it's just, maybe that's not a great example, but that, but that happens a lot. And so what to Ken's point and, we, maybe we are oversimplifying a little bit, but like MLB, they can get way cheaper labor from these areas of the world. And, and we're not saying don't invest there and don't, you know, build baseball camps there. Like it's awesome. Those, those kids love baseball too. So I, sometimes I've thrown too much shade at it and, and I've got some friends that are scouts that are like down there and they're like, dude, if you knew how much these kids love, like that's all they have. And, you know, I kind of have to check myself sometimes and realize yeah. that, that they love baseball and that's awesome. But yeah, you're forgetting about kids here in our own backyard. The kid that grows up in Panama that MLB has invested in since he was nine years old, right? The chances of him making it to the Pittsburgh Pirates, very slow, right? Mm -hmm. The inner city kid in Pittsburgh is going to grow up and he's not going to go to Pirates games because he grew up watching football, uh, basketball. The kid in Panama, he's not going to grow up and spend his dollars going to the pirates game. Cause he's in Panama. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're just, you're making it unpopular. And honestly, when you look at baseball in 20 years and I sound like an old Paul here, but when I look at baseball in 20 <laughs> yeah. years, just with the way, the way they control social media too, and like the player's voice and stuff too, and all that, and just the, the, the what the kids are into. And I, I sound like I'm 80. Like, well, I, no, I mean, you're right. I, I worry about baseball in 20 years. Yeah. I think you're right too, because we've okay. talked about this on our show. No, you're fine. I love how all that stems from the question, what are the Braves going to do in the offseason? I love it. absolutely love it. <laughs> but I think what we've talked about on our show is – Yeah, baseball <laughs> is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> what are the Braves going to do? Doesn't matter. That is our <laughs> answer. <laughs> but I <laughs> think – let, let, let me walk you through this scenario because we are kind of the tail end of that little league going to get the snow cone on Saturdays after the games like generation, like our, our age. Because we yeah. – I mean, some of my best memories – are waking up on a Saturday, knowing I had a Little League game that day, but going to the field to watch Ralph and Will play at 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 11, and, and spend a whole day at the ballpark playing wiffle ball and then getting your game. Like, that's – that – the love of the game is just not there anymore. I'll tag that with when I was in Rome, I helped I, – we started this baseball program at the Boys and Girls Club, West Rome Boys and Girls Club. The kids loved it. 
when we had to get funding, they were just like, what? Like, I, I, I did not even realize like how much, it, like even a glove from Walmart, it's like 15. You talk about like 20 to 25 kids, yeah. like, that's a bunch of money. And so I think, and I'll let Ralph yeah. a little talk on this because we all kind of grew up in the, in the in, into the travel ball beginning era. But we also have friends who never played Little League. Like they never, they just played travel ball from the time they were 12 on. Ralph, I know, like Ralph played for one of like the like premier travel ball leagues, like teams in the Southeast at the time. They were Chain Baseball Academy. Like that was like a, that was like a boot camp. Like, I mean, and, and would you not agree, yeah. Ralph? Like that was like one of the things where yeah. like, if you played in this, you were doing it to get seen, not really necessarily because you had a passion for the game. And we saw a lot of our friends, a lot of kids we know get burnt out. So I'll tell you one story from that. And it's just, it's a quick story. Uh, I was playing a, in a tournament in LaGrange with uh, with Chain, and I it was a three-zero count. I was running around third. Mm-hmm. I hit a double off the wall. I mean, I'm talking about we're playing in a very a, a deeper field for a little for a 12, 13 year old kid. Hit one off the wall, slide the second base, save and everything. Coach calls timeout. He walks me, meets me halfway between second and third, and he just chews me out because I didn't take on, on the three three-zero count. It was a, it, he had a guy on second steal and everything. And and then I was like, I'm sorry. He was like, don't do that again or you're off this team. So next – It's like that, that's 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 the part that's like and, – and, and that's the part that's just like these <laughs> yeah. people have kind of taken the love out of the game. And from our yeah. vantage point, playing oh, yeah, That's the reason league, why I stopped playing baseball yeah, I mean, because and, of him. Well, and also Ralph was, was <laughs> six foot three, 260, 70 pounds, and we wanted to play left tackle on our high school <laughs> football team. But, uh, but, but, but I think that's one of the things – from our vantage point, being younger, seeing it, growing up in the kind of tail end of the little league, like we're from Columbus. In a span of like mm-hmm. four years, we had two, t- four, what was it, five years, guys? Like two teams that went to the yeah, World Series. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. and so and, and it's crazy. Columbus it's just crazy. crazy good. Yeah, and that, so um, I just that travel it. ball, that travel ball stuff bled into high school. So I didn't play for that organization called Chain. Yeah, but the the head coach, the guy that kind of started it, ended up coming on as they called it a community coach at my high school yeah and so all of his players went to my high school so they all got to play so it's kind of it's just travel mm-hmm. ball especially in this area has kind of it's it's killed it's the not, love of the game so what travel yeah. ball has uh, done, not a bad thing it, no it's not it, i'm not well, saying it's, it's done some good thing. stuff yeah. but it's it's definitely it's definitely um a lot of the owners of these organizations and i don't especially like the marietta area i mean they uh and i mean some talent comes out of there but but it it is expensive man you 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 have to pay to play you just have to pay for the most part you have to pay to play to get to get noticed you have to pay to get noticed let me come at this from a from a different standpoint and talk about it from a different angle yeah if you look at this from a business perspective like take baseball out of it what the problem that baseball has right now is it has multiple coexisting avenues to get to their end product. So you've got, you have high school, you've got little league, you've got travel ball, you've got college ball, you've got international ball, and you've got the minors. And those overlap in a messy way when you start looking at it. Well, if you're in, if you're talking about this in the business world Mm -hmm. and, and you just take baseball out of it, you say, we have got to, um, unify these supply lines in a way that makes more sense. And I think that's what Manfred's trying to do. Yeah. The problem is he doesn't have control of all those pipelines to be able to, to initiate that. But I think mm-hmm. what, what, he's, what he's looking at doing is, is by shrinking the miners, he's, he's actually 
building up the infrastructure of college baseball to have a much more significant role in mm-hmm. that college baseball now has more value. So a kid doesn't get drafted to go be on some little eight, low A team. Now a kid gets drafted and it pushes that pipeline down a little bit to where now you get more talent at the college level, which theoretically draws more fans, which theoretically makes more scholarships available. That then pushes yeah. down to the high school level so that now we can now more colleges can draft actually more kids from high school because they have more scholarships available to be able to get kids to come play. Now there's still some gaps in that supply chain that they're going to have to figure out. Like how do you do the travel ball, little league high school crossover thing, you know, because there's some weirdness there, but I do think that's the problem baseball is facing because, because what happens is one of these channels will dominate the other like travel ball has dominated little league to the point now that little league really doesn't exist anymore. I mean, little league's just like a finder's tool for travel ball. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not really little league anymore. It's, uh, it's it's like a scouting opportunity for travel ball teams, you know, is really what it's become. Yeah, and I and I would I'd piggyback off that because when you look at college baseball, it's it's been a watered down process yes. in, in recent yeah. years. So I, I guess yeah, being and I think having people that are in friends that are in minor league baseball working in minor league baseball, obviously everyone's concerned about their job. When you take away a Rome, let's say, uh, let's we take a Rome, that kid will be in the private lane. Let's say he's from Georgia, he gets he goes to University of Georgia. Like, there's no reason that University of Georgia. Auburn, Alabama should not be premier, premier college baseball programs. Right. But but because of the mm-hmm. town, the state one that just popped in, like pops in my head is like a couple, like I guess now it's like five, six years ago. Byron Buxton played for the place for the Twins. Like yeah, the top player in the mm-hmm. state of Georgia. You guarantee you, like one, you don't get the full allotment of scholarships. Two, why? Like there's no way he's signing with the University of Georgia. Like like no right, and, right. no way, there, no way. And so I think that right. yeah, I guess that is a different angle that you don't think about. Um, and that, some but, of those guys may still go straight to triple A, yeah. you know, I mean, th- those guys may still get drafted immediately, but what it does do is it opens it up. So that eighth, ninth, 10th round guys that would normally automatically take the money. Now they might be getting a legit scholarship to a decent school. And, yeah. and what that then does is the lower end of Georgia players now get pushed down to division one schools where, which is fantastic. It yeah. increases the quality of play at a Division One school so that now when you get to MLB draft day, kids from Division One schools have already played higher talent than they're playing right now. And then MLB is saying that Division One school and that, you know, that, that little school up in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, they actually play some really good baseball teams. Yeah. I'm willing to draft that kid a little bit higher because I know more about him now because he's actually faced some, some actual uh, skill and ability kind of thing, you know? So I think, I think here's, here's how to fix baseball. Most people realize so. every team gets a $30 million cap. You lower beer prices to $2. Uh, tickets range from $5 to $40. Okay. And team hoodies, are $15. There's no reason a hoodie should be $65, folks. I went on fanatics.com today. I just fixed it. And they had a sale going. And I'm like, okay, let's see what, you know, let's see. I don't have a Braves hoodie, don't have anything like for Cole. Well, let's see what they got. Look on uh-huh. there. It's like 75. 
80 dollars for a hoodie yeah and that's it's are ridiculous. you kidding it's me? ridiculous it's like a how hoodie. is it supposed to be a fan when did hoodies become more than 70 bucks dude t-shirts are 30 bucks now you can't buy a t-shirt for the, the, the little player t-shirts i mean yeah. the jersey the ralph's got it's hysterical with long story short we have a guy in columbus who has a tent sale where he just sells like bootleg jerseys ralph and i love buy jerseys. Guys. like love, love those guys. guys i'll go get my jersey right now and put it because on. who's paying 120 140 dollars for a jersey and then if you want to get an authentic one's like 200 like what kid's gonna do that like that, that's that's Stupid. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This jersey right here is authentic. I'll be honest. Oh, okay, big money. I get really passionate about hoodies. Hoodies for some reason, like hoodies, seventy and pol- uh, polos too, like dry fit polos. Yeah, they're like sixty bucks. Stop. And all, all if, if they have the Nike swoosh, they're eighty. But if they have just you know no oh, none, they're just sixty. So I don't know, but I agree. You you all kind of touched on it. The, the branding of players. As much as Trevor Bauer gets on people's nerves, like I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Like, he's like what, an he, absolute what genius, he's doing, man. like what he's doing mm-hmm. for players, uh, his momentum, what he did, you know, when COVID had, was like, I, I think it's phenomenal. And like, it's cool. Like I, I've heard some of this and it may have been on your show. Let's take the top players. Let's take LeBron, Tom Brady, and Mike Trout. They go into a kindergarten class or let's just say a first grade class. Those kids know who LeBron and Tom Brady is. They have no earthly idea who Mike Trout is. They, they couldn't tell you who that was from the guy yeah. who delivers their mail and the fact that he's a stocky guy and he looks pretty athletic. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the problem is these kids don't know who these people are. And I think that's why I love, I absolutely love what Trevor Bauer's doing. I'm going to say this, and I don't think I've heard anybody else say this, but I, I, I was thinking about it. Baseball doesn't have a marketing problem. Mm-hmm. They have a culture problem because Josh has hit on this before in a playful way. But no one likes Mike Trout because Mike Trout's not interesting. Like yeah, he's boring. Mike Trout is a boring white guy with zero personality. Uh, Clayton we, Kershaw says his prayers at night and never had sex before he got married, which is awesome for Clayton Kershaw. But he's not a very interesting guy. Like yeah. oh, in the in the grand right. scheme, mm-hmm. um, Trevor Bauer takes some drugs and he's grow some muscles. Dwight Gooden was, was was snorting yeah. enough coke off the chalk that you weren't sure if it was the chalk line or if Dwight dropped something out of his pocket. Get into an off season car accident, like not, no get no don't don't die or anything or you know I mean it's just like a little Madison, some like, like, Jose off, Fernandez, off, but you know Madison into Mungler. the ditch. That's, there you go. Yeah. But yeah. in all seriousness, it's like I don't Get think you have to be bad boys, exactly. but just have some like personality, like just. And, and I think what's funny is they do the whole let the kids play movement, but then don't let them have any actual personality off the field. Do you think? And I would much rather them have personality off the field than on it, to be 100% honest. Yeah. Like, I, I'm fine with it on it, but, like, the yeah. off the field is the part people actually care about. So. And the, the, whole, um, the whole let the kids play thing makes me laugh because <laughs> the, the, way, the way they talk about it, and, 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 and I mean this affectionately to you guys, but I think a lot of it is people maybe around, around your age – but also some older writers, they they tweet about it. They they talk about the let the kids play thing like it's this new kind of racy kind of like uh, thing that's it's never been done before. Like, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we grew up watching Ricky Henderson. We grew up watching Bo Jackson just Ryan run Cres- up walls. Ryan Klesko did more bat flips than Ronald Acuna ever has. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, heck? we grew we grew up watching like these eighty grade badasses strung out on coke and like getting into fights and like and taking steroids you know what i mean and having like fun most people, and, and 
we but, grew up but, watching Neon Dion. Like but, Neon Dion, you cannot tell me like let the kids play. We grew up watching Neon Dion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and if you so, want to embrace it, thing. then tell the story of how the kids play because how many people actually know uh, that Mickey Mantle was not a choir boy? Like most people don't know that story. Yeah. Like Mickey Mantle was a terrible human being. Like he horrible, was, horrible he person. Was horrible. Yeah. He was yeah, a he was terrible great. person. And yeah, that's um, what makes him super interesting. You mm -hmm. know, like. Yeah. Uh, also, do you guys think this too? Sometimes I feel like, uh, like uh, uh, I get on Twitter and I see, you know, the MLB accounts and the fan graphs, and 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 even when I go to games, though, you'll see like the new overlays of of uh, you know exit velocity and launching. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes baseball is trying to cater to that like I don't know, like thirty eight year old like uber analytical nerd, and they're not really thinking about like the nine-year-old kid because what nine what nine-year-old cares about that like like they what, don't care. i know, I know a lot nine, of 22 year olds that that's all they care about exactly and, and let's let's really? go back i to can't the tell you how many times this yeah. year i've heard people say oh well ender nciarte shouldn't be playing because his average exit velocity is 42 miles an hour i'm like i don't care what his exit velo is i know he can't get past yeah. the pitcher <laughs> I don't care what his exit is. Well, it's great defense, though. The, the truth is, those same people sit at home and they take note of how many times they were nice to a woman, and they're still mad because they've never had sex. Like that's it's. They keep a little track record of I said hey to her four times today. I sent her flowers. Uh, I watched her walk down the hall. Boy, she should really think I'm special. And then. <laughs> the juice box there comes out of night and are like writing out why why they hate that person like yeah. it's the same thing with baseball it's like they think that it's some magic formula that if you put in all the numbers and then if you then you watch the cardinals beat the Braves in the postseason last year and you see Yadier Molina who is the, like not even able to play baseball anymore even though he thinks he can uh hit a little squibber that barely clears Freddie Freeman's glove and you're like you know yeah. this game what was the exit below on that does it matter it doesn't matter no yeah. it's basically right. It's basically, I mean, yeah. we, it's crazy because they're in this group message and then we'll, we'll, we have our own group message and he, they're like screenshotting, like Bryce, you, you'll never believe this. Like, you'll never believe this. And it's like, like, it's just, it's just like, it's the fact of like, we're so caught up in this. And I know you guys, like, I know Josh, the whole like Johan Camargo trip, like, like people, people hate, like, I don't know what it is, but they hate the player. Like oh, they just, yeah. they hate, hate everything about him and they yeah. just want to see about him. Johan? Yeah, uh, Johan. Johan uh, was the first one. Johan's the first. I one. defended him <laughs> every day from the 2017 really? All Star break. Panamanian, perfect, skinned prince. He's it's gorgeous. It, it's, like, it's, so, it's stuff it's like good. it's stuff like this. It's like I don't think people realize how hard the game is. These people, like they don't realize, like they like don't. Ken, Ken said earlier, you're going to nine they, times, they, seven out of ten times, and you're still the best player in the league. Some of them are just mad <laughs> right, that yeah. they're not actually playing Major League Baseball because they thought they were good enough. There it and is. Their, their mm -hmm. pipe dream popped yep. when they couldn't make it past their local beer league softball. <laughs> you know, and, and they got struck out. They've never played Ryan beer Pope. league softball. They've <laughs> That's true. <laughs> church league softball. Yeah. Yes. No, they, they couldn't cope in cope church league softball. What are you talking about? They get beat up for the <laughs> they game. They also the forget base. these guys are – they also forget these guys are personalities. They, they actually are – they're like kind of – these players are – kind of big kids in, in a way they have personalities they 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 you know charlie charlie culberson you know you look at his stat line you're like this guy sucks <laughs> but you put charlie culberson up in the bottom of the ninth inning on live tv at dodger stadium he's gonna hit a walk-off bomb right if like johan camargo he's i don't even i don't i can't even quantify johan camargo but if it's in yankee stadium 
on live TV. He's going to walk up to the batter's box with his, you know, pecker out, blowing a bubble like he's been there before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's going to make you his bitch on live TV. But he's meanwhile, F- meanwhile the, Camargo thinks he's Josh, the greatest player on the field. And that's Josh, beautiful. The bloggers have played 47 seasons of OOTP baseball. <laughs> they know <laughs> – they know Ew, how to manage right. better than Brian Snicker and how to play baseball better than any player on the field. Listen, let's uh, let's oh, hit this man. topic before we before we wrap it up. Brian Snicker, uh, people still calling for this guy's head. I just want, I know, I know how you guys feel about yes, it. Yes, Pig but Shark, just, if you're listening, like, sheesh. I mean, what 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 do you want out of him? Like like, and I'm and I'm in the camp of like, I, from a strategic decision, like I don't think that they have that much out like effect on what happens in the game like like they you don't. can put a guy in a situation you can put the guy in a situation but like if he doesn't perform like how is that the manager's fault like like it's like stuff like that but they love playing for him like they like i think that they yeah. like being around him yeah. he's he's a he's a glue guy like he's an organizational guy they love the idea of him but i mean he's mm-hmm. i mean gosh he's better than gabe kapler i mean sheesh so, i mean like there's no doubt about right. it. right he doesn't go to spray tans and mm, he, yes he likes women <laughs> So, uh, so and he didn't cover roast... up an abuse scandal in the Dodgers program. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Before you roast a manager like Brian Snicker, you have to step back, put the juice box down. Okay. Maybe drink a beer, take a deep breath, maybe smoke a bowl if it's legal. Uh, <laughs> and you have to ask yourself like, okay, what does a, what does a baseball manager yeah. do? You have to have that conversation. What does a baseball manager do? Okay. He fills out a lineup card. First of all, he's given a team. He's given a team. They have to turn on their computer, Josh, and open OOTP. That's what, I, I've already explained this. Like this is how this works. And then they go okay. get the best players available, like with the highest WRC right. plus, and they win the games. He fills out a lineup card, and what does that entail? You have to understand a little bit about lineup cards. Okay, you want to put a maybe a, a really good OBP guy at the top, maybe right? I don't know, uh, fast guy in general. Okay, a number two guy. He's got a hit, a good hitter, number two, maybe a guy with a little bit of more pop, number three, also more pop, number four, f- five through eight, like whatever. And then the <laughs> yeah. pitcher, like, you know, that, like that's a lineup card, okay? Uh, so you've got that out of the way. You, you've just mastered the lineup card. You're qualified now to be a baseball league manager, uh, a major league baseball manager. Now you have to understand your bullpen, okay? Here's your middle relievers. Here's your closer. Here's your starting pitchers. Uh, we management. I feel so enlightened have, that Josh has explained to me how baseball works. This, this just helps you're me. You're welcome. Infinitely. Um, I, I'm the owner of the baseball team, or I'm the right now. I'm explaining to the manager, uh, manager, manager Bryce Kuhn. Um, we have a shit ton of money locked up in this young man's arm. Okay, so I really want you to keep him at like I don't know, seventy pitches at max. You understand me? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, so. Bryce Wilson goes out there, 80-grade badass. He's owning the opposition. He's at 68 pitches. You pull him out. The Braves bloggers freak out. You put in your your bullpen that's the best bullpen in the baseball, and things go south. Things go south on live TV because it's baseball, and then you get roasted. And so that – I just explained exactly what a baseball manager does. But I didn't explain how you manage people and how you Mm -hmm. build relationships and how you you have to get – you have to get these guys who are making a shit ton of money to like you. And, and that's the other. biggest and, and each other. If they don't like you, then 
then you're going to suck. Then, then they, you're, you're, then they you're go too, shopping in the middle of a series and then opt out like <laughs> at Linux exactly. square mall. Like that's what happens. Right. Okay. So, so, so you, you, you have to be about- a, you have to beat a leader of men and, and, and be yeah. likable um, and understand how to, how to manage people. That's the most important thing. And that's, that's a skill. That's so I'm not like, I'm not like poo-pooing on like, uh, Snitker and saying that oh, anybody could be a baseball manager. Not really. It's a really tough deal. You're, you have you're to manage so many different personalities. And, yeah. You have to yeah. manage so many and, different personalities in that clubhouse. And to add on to what Josh is saying, like Bryce, what people want is mm-hmm. they want someone who plays to win every game, who manages every situation to the, to the nth ability to win the game. That's what they want. What Brian Snicker does is not that. Yeah. Brian Snicker is not there to win every game. He, he will tell you that he knows he's not going to win 162 games. Like he starts the season fully aware. We are not going to win 162 games. Yeah. In fact, he starts the season aware we're not going to win 110 games. In fact, he's pretty sure we're probably not going to win hundred games. Like yeah. let's be hundred percent honest. That's probably not happening. And there's even a good chance we won't win 90 games, but what he is sure of is that we can win series. And that if we yeah. stay in this thing and we win series throughout the year, we can win and make it to the playoffs. Then we might play to win most every game when we get to the right. playoffs. And you yeah. saw that change in Snicker this year. So what, what Brian Snicker will do is because he knows he doesn't have to win every game and he knows he can't win with just 13 guys, you have to have a full 25-man roster and you have to really about a 35-man roster in today's game yeah. by the time you include injuries and everything else. Then he puts in Luke Jackson in the seventh inning when Luke's having a hard time because he wants Luke to get things kind of figured out well enough. Yep. And he wants yep. to survive this game, and he wants to keep the rest of his bullpen somewhat rested, so he doesn't play to win every game to the yeah. out to the absolute optimum ability. And that drives stats nerds fans crazy because they say that game was winnable if we had just put in our best players. And Brian Snicker would be, yeah, you're 100 percent right. If I use all my best players, that game was winnable. Well, and, and too, that goes back. I to have the to old, play tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you got to play tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that. That goes back to the old adage of what Bobby Cox used to say. And and these these people like don't even they would hate him. Oh my gosh. Oh God, yeah. Oh, they, they, they would they would hate yeah. him. But it goes back to what he said. Mm-hmm. If I can just win like if we can just win every series, you know, yeah. take two out of three or three mm-hmm. out of four, then, then we're gonna be in the playoffs by the by the end of the year. And I think yeah. that's one of the one of the biggest things. I love Snitker. I mean, I think he's a great players coach. I, I oh yeah, and this is another reason why I think Bobby's why... biggest fault was he didn't know how to turn that off at the postseason. Yeah, Snicker yeah. seems to know how to turn it Matt off. Dias. He didn't start Matt Dias, the greatest hitter of our, our entire life. <laughs> greatest ago. bad ball um, hitter of all time, no doubt about it. So good. He he. I remember like just a ball coming at his head. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching him. A ball's coming at his head. He gets out of the batter's box and rips a double. Like it was the greatest thing ever. Um, what I was going to say is this is why Freddie Gonzalez, in my opinion, was a terrible manager, and. Because he would panic. You try to win every if game. You, if you went, if you try to win every game, if you went into like a, like a two or three game slump, he would he change up the lineup card. He he would he move you out of the three spot, and put you in the five spot. Snitker, um, just in general, it seems he's kind of like a ride or die kind of guy. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things Snitker ever did was it was it was last summer and the Braves were at Fenway. It was a day game. And Matt Whistler's pitching and he ain't, he ain't looking so good and (laughs) it's live TV and you're at Fenway and, uh, and (laughs) Cy Whistler's on the mound in all of his glory. And, uh, I think it was tied up or something and it was like, bases were loaded. Yeah. Bases bases loaded. I I remember this. Yes. I remember. Um, Mookie, Mookie Betts is on deck and there, I 
there was this opportunity to basically um, take Matt's yeah. out of, out of the game and pull him in and put in the, the relief pitcher, and he didn't. And everybody's freaking out. Is he? Oh, is he about to <laughs> let Matt Whistler pitch to Mookie Betts with the bases loaded? You bet your ass he did. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I thought it was genius because if Matt Whistler struck out Mookie Betts in that moment, that changes his entire career, maybe his entire season. You know, and he has a pretty good season, I think. Well, he didn't. You know, Mookie gave up a great slam, and, <laughs> yeah. and the Braves well, you lost. See what he's made and of. It was I the mean, dumbest decision ever. In situations like that, like yeah, but that, I love that, that decision because. You have to face adversity. Like, like you yeah, can't just yeah. be a pitcher and never face a tough situation and be considered one of the greats. And like, exactly. I, I think, it, I think yeah. it's this. But see, guys, this is what's crazy. We're talking about this, but it seems so simple. Like, that's what's crazy to me. It just seems like a simple concept to understand that we don't know enough about it to make those decisions. But when you're 25 and you haven't lived your life yeah. long enough, I'm not saying every 25 year old, but but it's seriously, all, all you so. do is you right. No, like, no offense to you guys, but I'm just saying. <laughs> when you've lived your entire life and you think you have to always win, or maybe you have always won, maybe you've been the silver spoon kid and you've never faced And you think information is knowledge. You think, you think fan graphs is knowledge. You think mm -hmm. stack is knowledge. And information is control. That's Mm -hmm. what it really gets is they think more information means you have more control. And that's not really true at all. In fact, it's not true at all, period. Because I know a lot about my life. And yet there's a lot of times I can know everything and still have zero control over what happens to me. And, and I don't like, I'm not trying to take that to like some deep level, but I think that's really why we love baseball is because baseball does imitate our lives and that it forces us to recognize sometimes you have the better team on the field. Sometimes you're up three, one and, and and another team still comes back and beats you because Mm -hmm. you forget how to run the bases in two moments, you know, like, that's the story of that's my story at times. Like I've been in that situation where I thought I had it whipped. I thought I was in the perfect position and I still lost, even though I was quote in control, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I think, I I think that's what people struggle with, and why they don't like managers like Snicker that have a lot of life experience at managing people and say, hey guys, we don't have to win every day, and it's one hundred percent okay if you don't win every day, and it's one hundred percent okay if you suck today because some days you're gonna suck, you know. But overall, I believe you're gonna have a lot more days you don't suck than you do, you know. Yeah. And and we're gonna overcome that way, and and so. But but getting back to your original question, why don't people like Brian Snicker? Because they don't like themselves. They they think <laughs> they have to. They think they have to win all the time, mm-hmm. because that gives them some kind of control over their life when really they don't have any control to begin with. So. Listen, what a way to end it. Maximum efficiency. All. They think. Yeah. They. Yeah. Go ahead. No. 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 Yeah. You're. you No. You're right. You're right. Go. You said it better. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Okay. It, to what Ken said, they think that you have to have maximum efficiency. You have to have 160 WRC plus, and every player has to be. They think it's MLB perfect. the show. They think it's yeah, a video game, and, and every single player is a 99 overall. Uh, right. What a way to end it, though, with Ken getting philosophical on us once again. <laughs> Listen, guys, I've enjoyed this. Well, this has been a long time coming. Josh and I've been beating around the bush, uh, not not you know physically, but but we've been you know we've been talking about this for a while wow. now. Yeah, sorry. Wow, that's that's a JT joke waiting to happen right there. I'm sorry. Yeah, and see, it's it's a shame he's not here. Yeah, you always take it there. I always take it there. But listen, this has been an awesome, awesome episode. We've enjoyed it. I know Ralph and Well speak for them that we appreciate you guys coming on. We love what you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. And uh, man, hopefully at some point we can uh, bring JT on. 
maybe we'll just have JT on by himself and uh, just talk to him about making Georgia and all the great places to go there. So yeah, some night when he's not being around Bush, we'll uh, we'll get him on with us. You know? <laughs> I think that'd be I think that'd be a great thing. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So. Well, listen, when Braves games do come back. Let's meet all up. Josh, you want to come down to Auburn? Let us know. Ken, if you want to I would come love, for an Auburn-Georgia game, let us know. Again. I want to be treated by Will's people at an Auburn game. <laughs> Will's people. Yes. Josh will come in full I'm, Auburn you can gear, buy me. head to no, toe. You can, I, you, I can be bought. Like, yeah, I can oh, be yeah, bought. 100%. You can. <laughs> yeah. Will's the man to do it. He's the one driving the brand-new truck. So Feed me, give me exactly. beer. I'm War Eagle all day. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, listen, guys, we appreciate it. Ken, Josh Brown, check them out. Knock on the nation. Uh, listen, we appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Listen to us, SoundCloud, iTunes, and we're going to be on Spotify soon. I know these guys uh, are going to be putting out some episodes. You all had a debate, so they we need did. to go listen to that. Yeah. that we, I know Ralph, I think, listened to a little bit of it today. I'm going to listen to it on my way into work tomorrow morning, but uh, God it's bless you. Fun. I'm sorry. A ton of fun. <laughs> Vote well, for listen, me. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> listen, guys, Vote we'll, we'll have done. fun. <laughs> we'll have fun, everyone. Thanks for listening.